Today on the podcast, we cover everything F1, what's going on at Ferrari. We cover the Racebeck Esports Series. We cover the official F1 Esports Series, and we answer all of your questions. Stay tuned. Welcome everybody to episode four of the Race Spec Esports Podcast. It is a fine spring day in Australia. How are you traveling, Plevs? Yeah, I'm really well, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Uh, it's been quite an eventful couple of races uh, out in the real F1 world and fairly eventful in esports as well. Yeah, we've got uh, another couple of Grand Prix um, in the books since our last podcast and some uh, racing um, race back as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to get through today. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, well, last podcast we were championing, sorry, championing uh, Ferrari's strategy and in between Ferrari's sort of fallen apart. They've had a mini implosion with uh, Leclerc and Vettel going at loggerheads over both races, really, in uh, Russia and Singapore. Uh, yeah, a bit of tension there, but um, I think uh, overall they'd be pretty pretty happy with uh, their their car's performance at um, the last two Grand Prix. They just haven't been able to uh, manage their drivers and strategies um, accordingly, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I still positive signs for them as a team yeah on that ferrari and performance improvement it just goes to show the fine lines in formula one they change the nose a little bit put those little scoops on the the inside of the nose and all of a sudden they have uh front downforce and can race in singapore it was pretty amazing yeah no no one really no one really predicted that um so yeah it was was a bit of a shock uh, in, in singapore everyone expected it to be uh, Red Bull versus Mercedes, and um, yeah, uh, Ferrari were quite clearly the best car there, and um, yeah, Red Bull were really, really anywhere like close to them, and Mercedes were kind of in the middle of middle. So uh, yeah, uh, was was a huge surprise. Yeah, I was a bit surprised at Red Bull's lack of pace in the last two races, but they seem to be really gearing up to Japan, uh, which is understandable. But if we stay on Ferrari. Uh, if we go back to Singapore, this all started when uh, Vettel pitted before Leclerc, who was holding everyone up to make space, and they've tried to cover off Verstappen and Hamilton, and Vettel's done an amazing outlap. I think that's a little, been a little understated in all of the commotion and the and the speak over Leclerc's radio message and, and Vettel coming out in front, but Vettel put in a stonking outlap and has undercut Leclerc, and in the end, he's won the race. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, they had to. I think they had to pit um, Seb first to cover off the cars behind. Um, uh, otherwise, they would have lost their one-two. So it was basically, basically the Ferrari team covering um, the one-two position they had. And um, as, as it turned out, by the time both their drivers pitted, um, they were still one-two, but the drivers were the other way around. So yeah, that caused a bit of tension, I think. Um, yeah, Leclerc wasn't very happy about that. But I, I did say in our previous pod that I, I I did think Vettel would bounce back at Singapore. I wasn't expecting, like I said, um, the Ferrari pace. Um, that was still a surprise. But third around Singapore is 
he's he's really good around there. He must like he loves that track. He's got the most wins out of anyone there now. So I yes. guess I can say I told you so about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course you can. No, that, of course you can. You take the wins wherever you can get them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But Vettel clearly is a, a much better driver in a high for, downforce car and a high downforce track. Um, and this Ferrari, yeah. uh, uh, I'm not sure what you would say, Ferrari ethos of um, going with low downforce, high speed hasn't helped his driving style and it's probably where a lot of his complications have come. But as we can see, he's still an extremely quick driver. Uh, yep. The other part of the story is Leclerc's radio message. It's like he's getting a lot of heat for how he talks over the radio and how he talks to the team. A lot of people mm. are saying he's whinging. Do you, do you mind it? Do you think it's okay? Yeah, look, I think I think he was understandably ups, uh, like upset or like kind of questioned the team um, uh, in Singapore. And I, I think all that was fair enough. I, I don't think he went over, over the top or crossed any lines. That's, that's for sure. Like he seemed pretty... Um, level-headed about it, despite his dis- disappointment. Like he said, he said, "I oh, will talk about it after." Like I'm not happy, kind of thing, you know. Like, which you would expect. He's a racer, and he had had the lead, dominated the whole whole weekend, really, at Singapore, and then and then lost out in in the in the pit stops. So, uh, yeah, understandably frustrated at that. Yeah, but, I think. Um, yeah, I think they. I think Ferrari made the right call still because. If they hadn't have covered off the cars behind, uh, mate, well, Leclerc probably would have won the race still, but um, I don't think they would have got a one-two. So, that's... yeah, team team first, of course, and uh, he's just sort of got to suck that up. Sometimes it happens, but yeah. if it was anyone else, they would have gone off. And I think the thing that people don't like about Leclerc is they they comes across as whinging. I don't see it as whinging. I see it more of he's an extremely polite angry person if that makes sense <laughs> yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's no trying to get problem. off he's trying to show how angry he is but it just comes off as like really polite and you know really yeah. angry guys we're going to talk about after the race and and it just yeah. comes across yeah. really weird and i think yeah I think people like that yeah when he you even um sometimes when he um swears on the on the radio he goes oh sorry for the naughty word kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah it's exactly. pretty funny um but yeah no definitely not a whinge i i think in on the scale of one to ten of whinges i think he's pretty low on that compared to some of the other drivers like i i think hamilton for example is just way more yeah um, yeah he whinges about every little thing so yeah how much of uh, that is no, showmanship though how much hamilton is showmanship <laughs> He he does it more for the other teams than I reckon anything else because he'll say he'll contradict himself in two laps often. Uh, and we're he's staying on the radio situation with Vettel in Russia. He, Vettel's saying, "Oh, tires are fine, tires are fine, tires are fine." And then he hears Leclerc's or sees Leclerc is no longer in his mirrors, and his eyes come in. Now they're going to overcut me, and all of a sudden his tires are falling off a cliff, and he's going, "Oh, tires are, I can't handle the car. I need to come in. I need to come in," knowing full well that. He's getting overcut yeah. by team orders, and it's pretty funny. And I think Hamilton's the same way. He just he uh, just does it for a bit of theatrics for the other teams. Like so, one one lap his tires are off, and the next thing he's like, "Tires are good, tires are good." I'm like, well, make up your mind. So clearly, he's trying to do yeah, a little bit of mind games. So I don't mind that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, so were there any other talking points from Singapore? Not too much um Grosjean doing a stupid move on the Williams car was 
typical Grosjean. Uh, Ricardo was amazing, I thought. Um, he got a little, he pushed yeah. his luck and it ran out. But before that, I was, it made the race so entertaining. And when he came over the yeah, radio absolutely. and he's like, let's go, boys, I'm like, yep, let's go. This is going to be great. I really yeah, like that. He made his way up. Um, yeah, they, they kept him out a long time. Um, and, and yeah, I think that move, that last move that where he got a puncture was maybe a bit bit ambitious on on those worn tires and then he missed out on the if, if he was just more patient too patient two laps later there was a safety car and he would have been the big winner there because he was yeah. um, in the t- running in the top five so yeah <laughs> and, and then finishes well outside the points at the end punches, yeah so yeah unlucky Mixed just... fortunes. So he did did have that penalty in qualifying for the engine over revving which is um yeah because he went over a, as well. a curb yeah so, and over revved um, very harsh gave him too much power from the battery which is yeah h- harsh but it's kind of like I guess it's the rules. I guess it's like the, an- the anti-doping of the engine regulations so like yeah, yeah you, okay. you can't you can't take performance enhancing drugs in sport and you can't have too much power from the battery in F1 kind of thing so yep. um, even a little bit is too much but but then um, Mercedes only got a fine for having the the, the fuel too cold so yeah, yeah I saw that. Contention about that as well. So, anyway, it's almost like someone needs to just go through the the rule book again and go, all right, these are all the penalties. Maybe. Let's level yeah. them out because um, it does seem like to me that's a very similar thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Level out the penalties, I guess. Yeah, um, to the average fan, like that's like they both broken the rules, but one gets one gets a severe penalty, disqualified from qualifying, and the other gets a what 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 even was the penalty? Was it a fine or something? Like, yeah, it was a fine. It was yeah, it's like twenty thousand yeah. dollars or something, like jump change. Yeah, it's not really consistent. And why is one one penalty and one the other kind of thing? They both haven't like obviously an advantage. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, we'll swing into Russia and typical Russian race. It wasn't that exciting. The strategy made it exciting, and the radio messages again from Ferrari and the team orders that Vettel refused to obey. Um, mm. What what do you think about Vettel's actions there? Yeah, look, I was uh, I watched this race and I I thought it was by far the most <laughs> most least entertaining or boring race. I don't know if it was the actual racing. The racing, I mean, and there was enough interesting things going on. I think I think it's just the track. I don't think the track interesting. Like you know, it's not mm. good to watch the. Um, those cars go around like I, I i think russia would be absolutely top of my list of tracks to get rid of yeah, <laughs> on that fun calendar but um yeah as far as the ferrari thing um yeah look i i didn't really understand it because seb started p3 and he by the by turn one he was already like he took took the lead of the race so he he got a better start than um hamilton especially but maybe even Leclerc and got in his slipstream and by the, by the time he got down there, he was able to make the move and well, I, think I think that's, that's all fair enough. Racing, yeah. like, oh, why why would he have to then give up the lead to his teammate? Like, yeah, like what happened in Singapore was a team decision to keep the one-two. I'm not sure why they would have had to feel like they need to balance that out by giving, mm-hmm. swapping Vettel and Leclerc around. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like to see it. I thought, I thought, yep, Seb, Seb got the lead off the start. He should, they should just race their own race. Yeah, I have I two. Yeah. I have two theories. I'll, I'll give you both, and and we'll see what you think. They come in two parts. So at the start of the race, they've clearly 
had an agreement that uh, Leclerc will stay on the left so that Hamilton can't get a slipstream and both Ferraris will be in the lead of the race. By doing that, it's highly likely Vettel will be in the lead and then they'll swap back over because Leclerc's been such a nice guy. That's fine, um, but I don't see why you need to do it. To me, Leclerc gets a good start. He comes across. He covers off Hamilton. That means that Hamilton can't go full-blown on the inside. He has to go round him on the outside after getting the slipstream. Vettel's there. He can't go there. So if you had have just raced properly and Leclerc covered the inside of Hamilton, he would have held the lead. Now, Hamilton might be second, That's and then maybe that's the thing they were trying to avoid, but Leclerc stays in the lead. And then Vettel has better straight-line speed, should be able to get past him, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, in the next mm. lap or two. So... You've just really complicated things and muddied it for no super big advantage in the end, really. And then my other part is, all right, you've agreed to this. It has happened. And then Vettel's just gone and done the classic uh, Hamilton Rosberg of, all right, if you want to swap back, that's fine, like we agreed, but he he needs to get closer, knowing full well that it's nearly impossible to get closer in Russia like Leclerc would have had to driven the wheels off they're in the same car and he expects him to get so close that he can just yield a little bit and he knew that was going to happen and that's experience that's he knew that he probably knew it in the team meeting that he was never going to give it back so yeah uh, read into that what you will and then Leclerc's he's fallen for it being naive only his second year and I think he's learned a big lesson there that don't agree to these these type of things pre-race. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think they pitted Leclerc first, didn't they? Or am I wrong about that? Uh, yes. But, um, yep. To to give yeah, the position so back that, because yeah, Vettel wouldn't obey think, the team orders. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's fair enough. If that was, I mean, if they did have an agreement, that's that's fine or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I I think that should just should just race like. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion. But it didn't really matter in the end. They kind of dodged a bullet there. Well, their whole weekend unraveled after the um, after Vettel's car's um, power unit um, element failed. Was it M- the MGUK? I believe so. One of those. Yeah, I believe yeah. that failed. Because um, they but, just um, come out with the big the... statement, bring back V12s, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then that brought out the virtual safety car, which allowed Mercedes to pit under the slower conditions and then overcut. I think they would have got them anyway. So, I think they would have yeah. got them anyway. They were they were quicker on the tyres, and yeah, it just shows that if you if you let all of the cars start on different tyres and don't force them to do the the Q two thing, you, you get different strats strategies as well. Which um, I yeah. think I think Mercedes were quicker anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't a great Grand Prix, though, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, no. definitely one to forget about. Other good things to talk about from the Grand Prix, though, was uh, Alex Albon impressing again. Um, sure, he made a huge mistake in qualifying, sticking it in the wall, but he made up for it well and truly in the race, uh, getting himself back into that top six or top five in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty impressive. Um drive from Alex so starting from the pit lane um, so yeah he made up positions all through the race got into the top five like you'd probably expect him to be at the point now where he's had a, had a couple of races 
uh, what's it been, two or three races now yeah, in yep. the Red Bull. So probably getting, feeling a bit more comfortable and confident in it, despite like, despite the mistake in qualifying, um, which probably showed in itself that he's got the confidence and and that to push a bit more now. Um, so yeah, I mean, instances like that, he'll like learn where the limit of the car is. Um, so yeah, it's just all learning for him and. Yeah, his, his race pace was very good, and you'd probably expect him to make it that high in the Red Bull, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, and the, he did a, a really nice move on Gasly. And as they're wheel to wheel around a couple of these corners, I thought, imagine if they crash into each other right now, it would <laughs> be front page type stuff. But and then I thought yeah. Gasly started getting his elbows out on uh, Kvyat as well, and I thought maybe Gasly's learned a few lessons here. He goes, oh, I really, if I want to become a top driver i need to learn how yeah. to overtake and get the elbows out because that's what he struggled with in rebel he couldn't overtake anyone even though he had the faster car where albon just blows people away with he's got a bit of ricardo about him um he's yeah. very quietly yeah, mannered but on the track he's a different guy yeah yep he's got that killer kill instinct he's he's a very nice young man though on the off the track yeah he's, he's um very he's... humble which is good good to see like yeah I think I think maybe Gasly and Albon are kind of op- polar opposites in that in that regard actually because I, I think I think Gasly's a bit uh, I don't know maybe a bit cocky yeah it has a bit of had a bit has a bit of an ego but then on the track he, yeah he can't do the stuff Albon yeah um, has done in the Red Bull so yeah and covering up on Albon um, if uh, you haven't listened to the Beyond the Grid podcast with um, Albon, I highly recommend it. It's a really good interview and gives you an insight into the stuff he's had to go through to get himself into F1. It's a really good listen, and he's he's um pushed his pushed his way into F1 through just sheer determination, which is it's really good. Uh, yeah, we, I'll have to check that one. Yeah, that's a good listen. Uh, so Renault, we'll we'll go into them. We spoke about Ricardo before. He's he's driving well he's probably driving better than that car deserves sometimes and i think hulkenberg's driving quite well as well he's a bit unlucky not to yeah. have a seat at the yep. moment but they have no one to supply their engines with next year after mclaren has gone to mercedes so uh it's interesting that the renault have just said that's fine we'll just make our own engines for ourselves but is it really fine that's a lot of income they're going to miss out on now it is yeah um so I don't know how much those kind of deals are worth, but I think, you know, you've got to be thinking tens of millions of dollars mm. um, cut out of their budget like that McLaren would have been uh, paying for for their engines. So And, and of course, then there's the, the invaluable da- data they'd get from having a second team on the grid as well and having some, some kind of benchmark um, to compare themselves with like they do at the moment with McLaren. So... Yeah, it's a lot of lot of negatives to that. Um, I was surprised they. I think I think that yeah, might hurt them short term. But you never know if there's a if there's a new team uh, in 2021 or beyond that they could partner up with and and um, get another team using the engines. Yeah. Again, but yeah, it's probably probably a concern for the um, short to medium term for them. That's for sure. There are rumours of a Spanish team. Uh, wanting to come into 2021 so they might be able to supply them I mean they're just complete rumours though so we won't go too much into it but hopefully the grid might get a little bit bigger um, but 
there's a lot of water. I mean, it's F1, things change in six months and mm. we're talking a year and a half out. That everything could be upside down by then. Uh, we also, just yeah. Williams was odd in Russia. They So they had a massive failure on the front of their car where uh, Russell crashed just after the... I think he just got waved green flags in the first corner that he went to break into mm. the whole car fell apart just about he said it felt like the entire front wing had fallen off so they're they're saying that something came loose in the brakes um and that the suspension failed i'm not sure and then straight after that they told kibitza to stop running and come in and retired him which was interesting considering they keep saying we don't have money problems but they've saved him for parts so yeah well yeah i think i think earlier in the season um I saw an interview with Claire Williams and they said that she said that they didn't have a lot of spare parts then. So um, you have to imagine if they were in that position earlier in the season that not much has changed. So yeah, if that's, if they're at the stage of the season where they're kind of saving, <laughs> saving stuff because they're running out of um, parts or whatever, then yeah, you obviously don't like to see cars just retiring from, from the race because for reasons like that. Um, and yeah. I believe Kubica's um, sponsor um, was quite um, unimpressed with that as well. So um, yeah, not that's... having him in the race and then retiring. So yeah, I think there's a bit bit of tension there now as well. And yeah, yeah interesting. Interesting, interesting for the sponsor because by retiring him, they probably got more TV footage than they would have if they left him out, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> Uh, all right, oh, yeah. so we'll finish up on uh, the real-life F1 uh, discussion there. Um, plenty of talking points. If you agree with me or Plevs or you disagree with one of us, throw it down in the Discord chat and we'll get back to you or send us um, send us an email to the RaceSpec Esports Gmail account and we'll address it next podcast. We're happy to talk to the listeners and read out what your thoughts are. Uh, moving on to RaceSpec Esports itself. So we're going to talk about another series this week and we're going to move into the European series. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that's going and what's happening in Europe? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, we've got, got uh, four really good series um, uh, going in the in the European... Um, with the European guys. So we have two on PS4. So we've actually got uh, like a two-tier kind of... Um, system so yeah it's it's uh it's, it's going really well in, in both of those they both run tuesday night at the same time um so they they both usually get pretty pretty decent sized grids um yeah and I'll, I'll just cover off the top top three in in both of those quickly so yeah we've got um chain game wow he's leading um tier one at the moment so he's mm-hmm. uh He's only had uh, one win all season um, out of the ten races, but he's got a he's got a twenty one point lead at the moment over um, G Kuribold, Um Yeah, it looks close in this also, league. Yeah, also only had one win, um, so he's not too far far back. And then we have uh, TNR uh, Tonus or Tonus, sorry, um, how to pronounce that? He's, he's had a, he's had a couple of wins, so the wins have been really spread out in this league. Uh, we actually have a, have, have a new guy, LR. Calzo joined the joined the league a few weeks ago, and he's got he's won two of the three races that he's partaken in so far. So he looks like a strong contender for the rest of the season, and he's probably elite as well. Yeah, he could make a run. Uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. He could make still time. Um, Eleven matches left, so yeah, he's, he's uh, uh, seventy points behind, so it's definitely doable. Um, but yeah, that, really happy with how that league's going. Um, George Lord and Craig, the league coordinators, are doing a fantastic job. So shout out to those guys. Um, I'll move on to tier two of the PS4. Um, so again, it's it's really close at the top. We've got our four guys that are, have over a hundred points, um, and yeah, wow. they're all kind of in thirty-five points of each other. So yeah, still wide open uh, at the halfway mark of the season. So um, we've got Ferrari driver Comrade Flash at the top. Um, he's had uh, five podiums out of the ten races, but hasn't he's yet to win a race. Yeah, um, consistently. Second Very and third, yeah. yeah. Um, so 139 points he's on. And then we have the two Renault drivers of uh, Ellis and King Pete. So Ellis in second. Um, he is about 0.8 behind um, the leader comrade. He's won two races. And then King Pete in third, he's won three races in seven points. Um, so yeah, we're all very tired at the top. I think. I think with those looking at those points, Renault will be leading that championship, um, constructors championship. Mm. Um, but again, very, very, very good series. Those guys um, uh, do really well and, and manage really, really well. Uh, I think it's um, we got Danio, um, CPL Danio, who's uh, uh, the lead coordinator, coordinator for that, and he does a fantastic job. He he also helps me a lot with. Um, than a standing spreadsheet, so he's a, he's a bit of a spreadsheet master. So yeah, oh, yeah nice. really interesting. So yeah, um, P- PS4 is doing really well with those two tiers. So um, we'll move on to the Xbox, and and similar, similar, similarly, <laughs> um, the European series uh, for Xbox, uh, um, maybe not as close, but it has a lot of a lot of drivers in it, and those guys get along really well. I think. Um, not everyone can see each other's leaks, but I can tell you this one has has the most um, social chat in it. These guys are always chatting. It's good to see. Oh yeah, um, sounds really good. So, so yeah, I think uh, mostly made friends. See, so we've got Red Bull driver, the real Loveland, um, leading the way. Uh, so he has four wins in the first 10, 10 races on one hundred seven points. He has a pretty healthy lead of uh, thirty six points. To back to Ferrari driver. Um, so he's he hasn't finished lower than second yet, Will. Um, so he's <laughs> he's done five, uh, sorry, six Grand Prix and won three of them and came second in three of them. So super consistent, um, yeah. Super consistent. So he he has a chance probably to uh, chase down the real lovely. So that's one to keep an eye on next time we come back to this. See how it's going. And then in third place we have Williams driver Iron Kenzak. So he's got a uh, he's actually. Um, got finished on the podium the last four races um, and and won in Austria, so he's, he's pretty strong as well um, on 96 points. And then we kind of have a gaggle of midfield drivers on 70 and 60 points, so it is a really competitive field um, in the Xbox League. Uh, so it's great to see we have have a lot of drivers in there as well, and a- again, um, the league coordinator is doing, doing a fantastic, fantastic job. Um, so we have uh, Scotty and Giles looking after that one, so those guys are on top of it. It's good to see. Yeah, good work. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just move on to our last, uh, but 
certainly not least um, European series, and that's the PC uh, European series. So um, these guys, for I, I say it's fair to say most of the series they've struggled for numbers, uh, unfortunately, but um, kind of do a bit of a recruitment drive uh, a few weeks ago, and we're able to get some more more drivers. Um, so hopefully we get some more turning up. Yeah, um, that'd be good. But uh, yeah, there's still spots available. Um, you can probably see from the standings if you're looking at that. But um, yeah, at the top we have Ferrari driver um, Mirox. Uh, he's the championship on 129 points with uh, two wins. Name. And in second place we have Sean, um, also with two wins. And he actually hasn't started the last four races, unfortunately. So yeah, it's kind of kind of. That's kind of been the story of this series. Uh, a lot of drivers dropping in and out. So mm. probably the second half of the season, we want to um, get the drivers we have being more with their racing and, and and also pick up some drivers that are that are going to add add value. Uh, yeah, that'll be good going forward yeah. if you can. I, I think it sort of uh, if everyone starts to race a bit more, it breeds that. The breeds yeah, the grid. Exactly. The snow. The grid starts yeah. to snowball. So yeah, once uh, mm. if we can get a few it's consistent kind of, races in a row, that'd be great. Yeah, and as as someone that try, tries to help organise um, these guys and, and other leagues as well, um, there's really a fine line I've noticed between you know having you have like six to to eight drivers that are really really committed and, and want to race all the time. Um, yeah, you need you need to find that extra th- maybe four to five that uh that that want to race um as much as possible as well to make it make it good but if you can't if you can't find those guys then it kind of starts to snowball and deteriorate a little bit so it's really mm. fine line um so hopefully we go in the right direction with that one but yeah i'm pretty confident we can we can do that and um make it as successful as as the ps4 and so yeah, it sounds yeah that's really been good. the european series so yeah, they're, they're flying those uh, guys yeah, really happy awesome. with it, so. so staying on uh, esports, we also have um, this week was the second round of the F1 Esports Pro Series, and you and I both watched it because we're pretty keen uh, fans of the series and a few of the drivers. Yeah. Um, pretty exciting second round, actually, um, where the three races were... Uh, where did we go? We went Silverstone was the last one, Austria and Canada was the first one. Um, yeah, yeah, Canada and Austria. It's just amazing to me how close all of these drivers are in their speed. I mean, there were several qualifying sessions there that were first down to 12th, 13th, and the difference was 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, which to me is yeah, nuts. A... Like, to be so far yeah, down the well, grid and I mean... so close... Yeah, they're. I mean, they're right on the limit of how good you can be. Obviously, they're the top top guys in the world. So, yeah, they're really all of them are pushing the envelope, and there's the margins. Margins are so fine. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, some of the times as well, the qualifying times just just blow your mind. It's like, what he did that time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and that's pretty much all the way down to, uh, like you said, like. Nearly, nearly the whole whole field. You some sometimes see an outlier, and you go, "Oh, that guy obviously made a mistake." And you can really see when someone's made a mistake in qualifying because they're just way off the pace. Yeah. So yep. yeah, 
Oh, and David Tuniza, or that, what are they calling him? The Tonzilla. Tonzilla is getting it done. I mean, he, he seems is. to be a qualifying beast. I mean, he did muck up Canada, oh. but the other ones, he's just on pole all the time. But his race pace, not quite as good as the others, and he does get a bit of a train behind him. Um, and mm. we saw Rasmussen just could not get past him, and he, uh, the commentators were telling him to take a risk, take a risk, and that, I mean... Yeah, that's easy to say when you're not not there and everything's on the line. Uh, mm. It takes a certain mentality, and that's why F1 drivers, I guess, are that you know right up there because everything's on the line and you still go for it, uh, and you've still got to balance up that: do I go for it or do I be sensible here? I mean, there were good points that, Ras, that Rasmussen made up um, in those. Yeah, races. I think I think both those guys. Um... They're just so calm. Like whenever they show them, if if if, if um, our listeners have watched watched the um, broadcasts of the esports events, whenever they show them driving, they're just like they just it just looks like they're not even doing doing it. They're just mm. you know turning the wheel. They're so nonchalant, you know. Um, especially Rasmussen, he's he's just like so so calm and collected. But I think um, as good as his pace is, he does lack a bit of aggression and. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe some of the race, race management or um, racecraft is lacking, like he, like some of the other guys have. I noticed yeah. um, when he's chasing down Tonzilla in, in the first race, I'm oh, sorry, in the second race at Austria, he had he had an absolute ton of um, like fuel and and ERS, and he and he just wasn't using it to try and get past. Like he get in the slipstream with DRS heading up to turn three in Australia mm. and he'd, he'd, be in, he'd be running in medium ERS and it's like, are you even trying to make a move? It's, it's, it's a bit odd, but, um, yeah. And, and by the last lap, he had like over two laps extra fuel in the tank and like, why didn't you just use it to try and go yeah. faster? Not sure what was I, going I don't through know. his head there, but I mean, if, yeah. if our drivers, uh, you may or may not be interested, but if you're driving, you know, uh, with race spec you, you tend to have an interest into it and even just to improve yourself mm. i'd suggest watching because when they go to the onboards i'm i'm learning a lot of how to race uh during the races um if that makes sense like yeah, i see them absolutely. turning the ers up and down a lot more than i do and especially on corners they go right down to zero and i assume that's to get better traction and then go straight back up into high or overtake as soon as they're out of the corner um if you can manage to get around the track still at the same speed you were doing while also being able to change your ERS, I think that, that you're going to gain tenths there and it's something I'm going to practice a lot more. It's just something I've noticed, especially in today's broadcast or that yesterday's one, um, that if you can manage your ERS, you can you can get tenths in there. Um, yeah, exactly. And ERS is so precious uh, when you're racing wheel-to-wheel with people as well. Um, yeah, you want to conserve as much as you can and use it where you really need it so uh, yeah it's a really good pickup or something I, I i noticed as well and it's just the amount of the amount of changes they they make, must make like per lap to uh like the ers mode and the fuel mix as well it's, yeah it's a crazy amount it's, yeah I, I i think i do plenty myself but yeah nowhere near as much as those guys do that's yeah it's just interesting to have a quick 
chat about it and uh i'd recommend everyone to watch the third series mm. when that comes up so check the check the website for the dates for that one yeah not not only that it's just good racing like it's, it's just really entertaining like if you do like watching the normal f1 grand prix these guys are like just kind of thing you know as far as the racing is concerned so yeah it's really entertaining yeah. And they're putting the they're putting everything into it. Like Julian Palmer was on uh, this one, and they have the F two commentators. So they're they're not doing yeah. it half ass. They're really going in um, all in on this. And yeah, it's, no, it's all, I really enjoy it's it. All, yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the questions part of the podcast. So questions from you guys that you've put in the race spec uh, Discord. So if you want to get involved, jump in that channel there. If you're outside of race spec, uh, you can contact the organizers to get into the Discord and start racing with us. That'd be great. So we have a couple of questions this week. Um, uh, do you want to ask one first or do you want me to ask you one first? What should we do? Um, I'll, I'll kick us off then. Um, we got a question from F1 Amazing Hour. Yep. That'd be us, uh, the potential Ferrari driver lineup. So he asks, would, would Ferrari, Ferrari ever have a driver lineup like Leclerc and Mick Schumacher? Uh, now that's a difficult one, but I don't think they would. Leclerc is still very green and novice. Uh, he's clearly fast. Uh, and I think we said earlier in the podcast, he's novice. And I think the key for uh, the top teams is to have someone who is very fast and can develop the car and then someone who is a bit green, learn off that veteran, learn how to develop the car and eventually that cycle continues on, if that makes sense. So you have experience, help develop the car, Mm. fast guy, he learns off the veteran, I guess, and then they they move on. So if you uh, got rid of Vettel or if Vettel retired all of a sudden, I cannot see them going for a Mick Schumacher next season because uh, he won't know anything about how to set up a Formula 1 car. He still needs to learn how to do that, whereas Leclerc, he may he may already be further than I think he is, but I think he still would have a lot to learn on that. Mm. And from all reports, Vettel is extremely good at developing a car, to saying, this isn't right, change this, we need to develop this. So if Vettel did leave, I don't think he will anymore. I think he'll stay on it another season uh, and then make his mind up at the end. But uh, you would have to go with someone like Ricardo with the get-out clause or someone experienced that can help develop a car and teach Leclerc yeah. how to develop a car. What about, I guess, more like medium to longer term? So say, you know, Vettel does one or two more seasons um, and then retires or goes back to Red Bull or whatever. Mm. Um, what, what do you do then? And I, I guess I guess you have to kind of assume that Mick Schumacher is, first of all, good enough for F1. Like, at the moment, you'd have to say he's probably... Not there. He's, um, he's not so, going to yeah. be better than Giovinazzi. That's and yeah, you'd be yeah, taking a so, hit putting him in Alpha. So he'd have to probably have a a good couple, like a good second season, good second and maybe even third season in F two to even be considered for any F one team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess Leclerc's still pretty fresh at that stage, like three or four seasons. So you would have wouldn't have that old head, but uh. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, I guess. As, as you can, as we find out every every year, like predicting the drive lineups is pretty impossible. Like, it's always always a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I think um, we did that. In, what can happen? I think we did that in podcast too, and and we're both <laughs> yeah, we're we both did. miles off already, and it's only been <laughs> like a month. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, probably not on that driver lineup. Uh, I'll move on to the next one. I'm going to ask you uh, one from uh, the Rocket F1 or the Rock F1. Uh, thoughts on McLaren yeah. going back to Mercedes? Uh, is this a mistake considering the upward trend that they are on at the moment? I don't believe so. I I don't. Sorry, I don't believe it's a mistake. I should clarify. Um, uh, from their from their team point of view, um, a lot like their their success is is down to having a good car this year. Um, I, yeah, they've had the, had the best midfield car all season without probably having the best power unit, which is arguably Ferrari or Mercedes um, still. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I mean, everyone everyone knows Mercedes has a strong power unit that in, in the um, hybrid era they've basically dominated. So um, it's it's a pretty safe move. I think I don't think the Renault Renault power unit is bad by any means. In fact, I think it's probably a lot better than it has been in previous years. So yeah, the gap the gap is closing, probably to a point where. Um, the power unit isn't making that much of a difference anymore and it's more about how good the car is so how good the the chassis and the aero um aero package is on yep. it um as you can probably see from the difference between you know mercedes and and williams and um racing point being somewhere in between those guys so yeah it's it's not all down to mercedes power unit but uh yeah, they obviously wanted to go in a different direction, um, and I don't think it's a mistake because, yeah, I, Mercedes are always going to have a strong power unit. They have the biggest budget, I believe, or one of the biggest budgets. Um, you'd have to think Mercedes and Ferrari have the biggest budgets, so they're yeah, they're always going to have money to throw it throw at it. Um, yeah, I agree. So I think that's that's probably from McLaren's perspective. Uh, yeah. A good decision, to be honest. But it's, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's uh, it's going to be interesting times for Renault, and it's uh, we we'll have to have to wait and see what it what it means for them and whether it hurts them. So, mm. but yeah, for McLaren, I think it's good. Yep, I agree. Uh, McLaren, and there's something about just saying Mercedes McLaren or McLaren Mercedes that's just seems <laughs> yeah. right as yeah, well. Right. I like, don't think they'll. Let I mean, them. growing. Growing up watching Mika Hakkinen and um, David Coulthard battle um, Schumacher and Bar- Barrichello and the Ferraris and they're in, you know, Mercedes McLaren. So, yeah, just seems right. Yeah, I don't think they'll let him paint the car silver, though. I think they're going to have to stick with the orange. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think no. I'd, we're having, Mercedes having their own team, I think. McLaren, yeah, they, they obviously have their own style and brand. So, I don't think that the power unit has any bearing on that. No, I was just so. thinking back yeah. towards just that, that classic look. That classic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so uh, move on to another question. I think we've only got a couple. One more. Um, one more, yeah. One more. Okay, so this one's from um, Cole Paradox, uh, one of our European drivers. Um, so he says he's heard some rumours about Mercedes leaving leaving F1 in 2021. Um, due to their focus on Formula E, um, I haven't heard anything personally, but he said, what do you think about this? Yeah, so Mercedes have moved into 
Formula E. Uh, we saw them uh, reveal Nick DeFries is going to be the driver, which is really good. The car looks amazing. Uh, when you, if you go look up the car if you haven't already, uh, it looks it looks sick. It looks really good. Um, I think the rumors are just coming from uh, Mercedes moving into Formula E and the Mercedes brand as a whole. I believe they've announced they're going to stop making petrol engines uh, in a couple of years. They're going to focus all their mm. entire fleet that they're selling to the public will be uh, electric cars. And a lot of people are going this way. Renault is going that way as well um, with the French. Uh, France are announcing that yeah, they're not going to sell petrol cars as a country uh, in like after 2025 or something like that. So it's just the way the world is going and Formula One will, will always be around and it'll just adapt and evolve. Mercedes have just signed contracts with McLaren who we were just talking about then and Williams that they're going to be doing engines after 2021. Um, so I think they'll still be developing that hybrid car with the petrol engine and everything. They'll st- I think they'll stay in Formula One. I don't see why not. It it's huge for their brand to be the Mercedes brand, if that makes sense, and have a Mercedes on the car. Same with Ferrari. Um, it's yeah, a bit absolutely. different when you're McLaren Mercedes. If you're Mercedes Mercedes, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish. And I can't see them leaving Formula One. I think that room is just coming from that announcement that the Mercedes brand won't be making petrol cars in a few years' time. I think that's just where that comes from. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with any of that. I don't see them leaving F1 anytime soon. Um, I mean, you always hear something about some of the big teams like Ferrari and Mercedes stamping their feet a bit about new regulations that might hurt their dominance and stuff like that because they want to be one of the top teams and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think the F1 chiefs would happily call their bluff on that. Yeah. Um, well, Williams, so, yeah, Williams are... In Formula E, as more like a, they don't have their own team. I don't believe they just supply people with parts and things like that. And there's rumors been around forever that Williams are leaving Formula One to go to Formula E, and they've just signed another contract with Mercedes as well. Yeah. So Formula One's still the top dog, and if you're not in Formula One, are you anyone? I think that's the question. Um, yeah, exactly. It's still, I mean, Formula E is still very young as a series and still evolving. I don't, I don't think it's got a lot of lot of draw or you know um hype around it or you know uh, like personally I, I don't watch it um but yeah i see some of the highlights or, or whatever but I, yeah just compared to formula one I'm not not super interested in it um mm. but that might change um as it evolves and f1 evolves but yeah yeah i watch it because um, i know a lot of the drivers and i don't mind the technology behind it and stuff the noise is pretty annoying um I don't. Mm. I don't think you could solve that. Gears, right? That's just. Yeah, yeah. No, they just go, and I do like the format where you have like, um, I guess they're like, uh, power plays during the race. Uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched it before, just try it out. I mean, it's different. It may not be for everyone, but it is interesting. And and a lot of the drivers are from F two and Formula One. It's definitely the se- the second series in open wheel racing at the moment. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. Oh, we did have one one more question from uh, Forty about the F two um, um, format in F one, but we did answer that last time, so we won't go there today. Yeah, that's um, still on the cards, from what I hear. That they're still next year. They're going to give it give that a go, much to um, some teams' delight and some teams' chagrin. 
but we'll mm. we'll watch that space. Um, could be could be a really interesting year next year with them. Yeah, just trying stuff out for after twenty twenty one. So that's where <laughs> we're looking at the moment. It's all about twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one is going to be the year. big shake up. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, it was good to have a, another chat to you again and cover everything F1 and esports. Um, unfortunately, I won't be racing in the next week or so because I am going on holidays. So fortunately, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it depends your perspective on it. But um, I'll be back better than ever after that. Cool. All right. We'll uh, see you when you get back. Enjoy your break. All right. Perfect. We'll get ready for the elite race later on tonight. Uh, tune into that yep. or next Just week or go watch the replay yep. I'm sure it's going to be a good one we've got some challenges in there alright we'll finish up and if you want to get in contact with Race Spec Esports fill in that online form and you can get racing with us uh, down at Race Spec Esports see you later guys <laughs>